This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 10th, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. The formal title is Special Master for Compensation. He will be known simply as the Pay Czar, a federal appointee with the authority to judge the value of executives at bailed-out institutions. Mark Calabria, Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute, comments. Congress has directed the administration to set up compensation guides for banks or any institutions receiving TARP money. So that would not simply be banks, but it would be other financial institutions like AIG. It would also cover the auto companies. And what and Congress has been very vague in this, and they've just basically said, you know, we're concerned about that the compensation practices of these industries sort of contributed to their problems. Uh, and that as long as they're getting taxpayer funds via the TARP money, that People should be compensated in a reasonable manner. So there's a lot of vagueness. There's a lot of openness to what Congress has delegated to the administration. The administration has chosen to decide to, we're going to get a czar in place, uh, and we're going to have this czar go out there and outline the practices that are acceptable for TARP-receiving institutions. Of this position is Special Master for Compensation. It goes to Kenneth Feinberg. He oversaw the federal government's compensation fund for victims of uh, September 11th uh, terrorist attacks. What evidence is there that pay practices uh, for these executives contributed to their problems? At most, there's very little because there's certainly industries where the pay practices were very similar in terms of, you know, focus on a short run, um, focus on a lot of options and stocks paying. So somewhat this is anecdotal evidence. A lot of this is clearly being driven by a concern that, you know, some amount of the tax dollars that these companies are given would be funneled into competition. I mean, money is fungible after all. So to an extent that, you know, tax dollars are going into this institution, you know, how much of those tax dollars would be pulled off and be used to pay bonuses uh, and how much would be used to enrich executives? I think that's a lot of concern. I mean, outside of just basic populist politics, but really the basic public policy concern here is trying to make sure that people aren't enriching themselves at the expense of the taxpayer. One has to remember that the even the polls at the time were against, you know, majorities against the bailouts. So when the TARP was passed and Congress went through this, it wasn't because of a popular uprising that, please take my tax dollars and give it to banks. So there was some extent that there was a feeling by Congress that this needed to be done to save our financial system. And to some degree, you know, I would describe some of the focusing on compensation as political cover. You know, it is, you know, don't be mad at me because I voted to give you tax dollars. I'm going to fight against these banks on your behalf, even as I hand them, you know, multi-hundred billion dollar checks. So some of that is is misdirection, um, you know, if, if anything. Before announcing Mr. Feinberg, the New York Times said, the set of broad pay principles being drafted by the Treasury Department would authorize regulators to tell a bank to alter its compensation arrangements if it is found to encourage too much risk-taking. It's not clear how the government d- would define too much risk. It, it's important to remember that most of that authority already exists with bank regulators in terms of institutions that are depositories. I mean, this has not been the case with investment banks, but you know, when you have your deposits, that bank is regulated by bank regulators. And in the past, if a bank examiner went in there and they saw that 
you know, somebody just be rewarded for things that were clearly going to undermine the safety and soundness of the bank, the regulators could always come in there and say to the bank, I mean, they would, of course, first start with a conversation. You know, we think this practice of, you know, you uh, compensating your loan originators regardless of whether the loans are safe just so you can make them and sell them off, we think that's a safety and soundness concern. So you'd have those conversations, you'd have those questions. In the past, and really up until this point, it's largely been very informal, very ad hoc. It's been sort of like people talk about, you know, obscenity. You know it when you see it. And it's been like, well, this compensation practice I'll know a bad compensation practice when I see it and we'll deal with it. Uh, and most of that, I think, has been driven by a belief that the basic structure and foundation of compensation practices in financial services was in not in and of itself flawed, but that particular instances were problematic. How have corporations changed their compensation practices since the experience of Enron, where there are very clearly uh, high-level executives – mid-level executives enriching themselves at the expense of the quality of the actual deals that they were putting together. You have to really separate out issues in the two buckets. The easiest bucket is just outright theft and fraud. And, you know, for instance, a lot of things that were done at Enron, you said they would set off an off-balance sheet entity in which they themselves, some executive would have an interest. And it could be simply something like, uh, you know, these a handful of executives are behind this off-balance entity. That entity buys something, sells it back. I mean, basically sham transactions. So it's important to keep in mind that a lot of went on in terms of Enron and other corporations. Some of that was outright fraud. You know, some of it was theft. Some of it was embezzlement. Uh, I would say, as a generality, I don't know if too many companies, even Enron, it was not official. Fraud was not official corporate policy, as far as I know. Uh, so it, that's a separate issue from saying. What about the structures that firms have in place that they believe are enriching shareholders and deposit to the firm? And probably the biggest change, and it's not simply since Enron, but the last couple of decades, is the move toward more and more performance-based compensation. There clearly was a time, you know, if we dial back the clock to 1960, most executives at that time were paid salary and perks. And you might have a lot of other perks, like, you know, even at that time, it wasn't that big of, you know, it's not like people had corporate chats a lot, but there were big, big office, you know, 10 secretaries, whatever, you know, do your dry cleaning. You know, there were a lot of things that were perks there, but, you know, they're relatively minor. They were fixed uh, in terms of, you know, how many secretaries you got didn't matter necessarily to what your earnings were that quarter. So the big change in compensation over the last several decades has really been a shift from a fixed salary or, you know, you get your pay increases, raises, stuff like that, but to tie in compensation so closely to not just the performance of the firm, you know, via the stock, but to the short-term performance. And I think that was one of the real tragic mistakes in terms of the way both uh, the private sector approaches. I mean, it's it's worth keeping in mind that the government really bought into this too. If you look at, for instance, the charter of Fannie Mae written by Congress in 1992, the charter says the Fannie Mae executives shall have some portion of their compensation based on stock-based performance. So Congress itself said, this is a fine way. This is a good way to pay people. And I would say by and large, I don't believe anybody's walked away from or disagrees with the analysis that Pay should be based on performance. 
The real questions are how do you measure performance, performance over what time frame, you know, what, what's the time horizon for performance? So these are all the really important questions here. It's, it's once again, one of those questions where the devil is truly in the details. Mark Calabria is Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. You can leave a comment about the Cato Daily Podcast at C.O. Brown on Twitter. You can also follow the Cato Institute on Twitter at Cato Institute.